Today is October 31st. It is officially 2020 as we look forward to the next season. We've got free agents announced, pitching coaches rumored, and some voicemails. Let's do it. Let's talk Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy, John Boy Jake. Recaps galore and weekly awards. Stat lines, steaming hot takes. Your Yankees news with these two fine dudes. It's time for Talking Yanks. Talking Yanks with old John Boy, John Boy Jake. Talking Yanks with old John Boy, John Boy Jake. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Talking Yanks. Thank you for joining us. We hope you're about to have a great Halloween or you just had a fantastic Halloween. My name's John Boy. I'm coming to you from New Jersey. I got my co-host Jake rocking some Minnie Mouse ears or Mickey Mouse, depending on how you view Jake. He's coming to you from Denver. Welcome. Jake, how you doing? Yeah, mouse ears would do. I think they are technically mini. <laughs> I think they're Minnie Mouse ears. I don't... I don't have any Halloween stuff, but uh, the girl has like a costume basket, so I can usually dig in there and make something sexy really quick if I need to. Mm -hmm. I'm good. Happy holiday. Happy New Year. Uh, Like you said, 2020. 2020, brand new year, brand new season. This episode of Talking Yanks is brought to you by Ryan Doyle, Nick Anton, Ben Swatout, Andrew Daquigan. If I said that right, I'm so happy with myself. Thanks, Andrew. Just Andrew, just tell me I got it right. Come yeah, on. Lie for once in your life, Andrew. You've yeah. lived this modest fucking life of sucking up to your parents. Live a little. Andrew Daquigan. Is that how I said it? Fuck. Ah, uh, tough. We're so, we're sorry, Andrew. <laughs> Tom <laughs> take it Sh- back. Tom Shortridge, Timothy Davis, Derek Stevens, Francisco Dominguez. Jizzo, Fentamillo, Mendel. Oh, yes. Uh, I love when people put their birth names. Yeah. And Rob White. Rob White. White. Yeah. Thank you to Rob White. Most recent Patreons, patreon.com slash talking yanks. We appreciate it. So we are going to just kind of talk some housekeeping and we have some voicemails today. There's some things going on. Uh, we want to do like an award superlative episode, but we just didn't plan for it yet. So maybe that's coming next week. We need to do it next two episodes or it's not getting done. Yeah. I'm trying to look forward to 2020 as fast as I can. And we were having a lot of fun with the superlatives and the awards. So we still want to do it, but it's either next episode or never, I think. Yeah. I'd like to put a little bit of thought into it. I don't want to... I don't want us bumbling on the air like I normally do and going, oh, oh yeah, he should have got, oh, wait, he'd be good. I want to be firm, stern, but fair about it, so we'll we'll get to that. Okay. Are you going out for Halloween after this? Not out. I think they're doing, um, there's like a, a little bar thing in my apartment. I, I think they're doing a costume contest, so um, I don't know. I was actually shocked that the girl was interested in going normally. That's not her bag. But she kind of gave me the look like she was, she was like Jake. You you need to leave the apartment, which it's not really leaving the apartment. But I've been trapped in here pretty good with with myself, the dog, and baseball. So yeah, I'll uh, I'll put something cute on for a little bit, and then probably Irish exit pretty quickly. That sounds like a nice plan. Gotta have a plan. Yeah, 
I don't know what I'm, Katie's going, but I like the idea of dressing up as something like fucking cripples me. Yeah, what what happened, man? Like you you used to put on, I mean your your what was the guy that used to do commercials? That was really good when you did the Captain of the Titanic. Like, well, those are strong. simple. Those are simple outfits. I just dyed my beard white one year and dyed my beard black the other year. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's easy. But I had like friends. Like we we left as a house. Right. That's the only way I can do it. Or like a group outfit. But uh, yeah, I hate Halloween. I like the Halloween seasons and, and like the, the fall, but actually like dressing up as something. I used to like have panic attacks as a little kid. Like, What's I don't Katie want... being? The devil, I think. Okay. Do something off of that. Be, uh, yeah, we were going to do God. An... <laughs> we were going to do, I was going to be an angel and she was going to put glitter in my beard. And I was like, that's fun. But, yeah. But. A life kind of got flipped upside down, shooting some hoops, all that, because we got our apartment in in the city. Hey, congrats. And uh, we have, yeah, that's pretty exciting. Dude, I could be like living in New York City in a week. Yeah. Like this week, this next week might be like, we might be a moving week now. So we have to go to the New York City tomorrow morning to pack up to, uh, not pack up, we have to go to there to sign the lease and shit. So we're going to see it again. And then we were driving around today to go to the gym. I was like, I'll go with, to the gym with you. Sure. You know, it stopped. I bring my book. I just walk on the treadmill and read for an hour. Right. That's me going to the gym. Love it. Our car found out we were moving to New York City and said, right. well, fuck you guys. And just, I think the radiator just blew up. It was smoking. It was leaking. We had to pull over. Three cops stopped, asked us how we were doing. I said, good, thanks. Appreciate Are you. Are you folks okay? Yeah. I was approaching them. It's like, we're a good officer. We're yeah. good. So don't so check yeah. the trunk. Like there's no way I'm going to get drunk if I have to wake up and drive two hours to the city at nine in the morning because I don't Ooh, function yeah. hungover at all, at all anymore. Right. So it's a tough spot. Yeah, dress, dress up as God, bring a Bible, read a couple verses, get a little high, go to the city tomorrow. Boom. Like that is college, Jimmy, to a T. Bringing yeah. a Bible to the bar and screaming it at people dressed up as like a roadside <laughs> Bible. I wish that college Jimmy, I wish that college, I'm going to call Luke, my brother, and tell him that's a good, that's a fucking great Halloween costume. You, uh, I, it's a good costume. It's exhausting. But college Jimmy would have, would have gone the whole night with it and some and the morning. You just bring a milk crate, a megaphone and a Bible. And you just stand in the corner of the bar screaming passages at people. And telling them they're going to still do that. I telling still, them they're going to go to hell the heart for a couple hours. I think you got the heart for that. With that's Katie such the devil. That's such a good costume. Dude, just get a cardboard sign, write something on it and just go to the bar. I, I think it'd be hilarious. I think they'd get upset with me and big things happening, man. You're you might be going to the city in a couple hours. I could be a sexy mouse if I want to be. We're both <laughs> kind of on the up. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, all right, Jake, here's what's happening in Yankee land. The World Series ended, which means there is a five-day grace period where you're not allowed to have contact with agents, do anything, but you can speak with your own players that have become free agents. You get a five-day grace period to offer qualifying offers, you know, talk, negotiate, and all that. Those players on the list for the Yankees are Dellen Batances, Brett Gardner, Corey Gearin, Didi Gregorius, 
Cameron Mabin, Austin Romine, and CC Sabathia. And I believe when, when we were in this time period last year, we signed CC and Brett in that time period, right? Yep. Real okay. quick. Yeah. Um, Brett, they may do again. With the Hicks news, I would not be shocked if Brett Gardner signs another one-year deal for whatever. He had a good year. <laughs> yeah, he had a really good year. It, it'll, it'll be interesting, especially you wonder if there is a little old man effect from the Nats winning. Uh, Brett Gardner, if he hit the open market, like he could demand a little bit of coin. It, it's going to be interesting. You'd like to think both sides want to be there and make it work. Um, what that looks like, I don't know, because he, he deserves a pay raise. Yeah. Uh, but I, I would think that Brett's gonna just he like last year he just wanted it to be quick and just wanted to come back to the Yankees. Yeah, and one I, year ten, one year twelve max, something like that. People will freak out if it's one year twelve. But he had a great year, and they <laughs> technically they need him more this year than they needed him last year at this time. Yeah, there's a Mike Talkman argument there, but. Yes, no Hicks. No Hicks. I mean, Talkman in center, you're going to pencil him in as your everyday right. center fielder? And and that's that's the other thing. I mean, what if what if Mike Talkman's at the end of April next year hitting 222, you know? Uh, yeah, uh, and then you the, don't have a center fielder in the system unless they go out and get one and then just get Brett. Yeah. So that's uh we'll we'll see. I I'd, I'd like to think by the time you and I talk on Monday that that'll be done, but who knows. Yeah. Um Edwin, they did not pick up the club option for him. That's obvious. It was like twenty million club 20 option. Mil, yeah. So clearly, they weren't going to pick that up. Um, if they wanted, and and they're probably not going to negotiate with Edwin because they need that DH spot open. Yeah, and uh, what if I told you we had a twenty-four-year-old kid that was like a young Edwin? His name's Miguel Andujar, and <laughs> he'll be yeah. back next year. You know, I, I, I love Edwin probably more than anyone, and it was fun having him, and it really sucks how his time with the Yankees ended. But, yeah, I mean, you've got Andujar for basically the minimum, who is Edwin Encarnacion plus a couple doubles. Although I would have loved to see Andujar with the juice ball this year. Oh, yeah, that would have been fun. Dude, like there's a chance Andujar could have had a nutty season. 70,000 We haven't runs. talked about him in months. How about that? Yeah, it's an interesting conversation, but – it's a good point. Yeah, I don't think it, don't expect Edwin to be back. CeCe's not coming back. Corey Gearin, don't care. <laughs> Cameron Mabin, he might go and get himself some money somewhere. Yeah, he's he's got to go. Uh, a reminder, I mean, we got him for from Cleveland. He was in AAA. We paid, what, 10000 50000 I think it was $20,000 or something like that. Um, I mean, there is a chance Cameron Mabin's career was over, and I, I think if he hits free agency, I, I bet a team would guarantee him. I mean, even something like three mil, that's $3 million, um, and a, probably a chance at a platoon gig or something like that. So odds are Cameron Mabin lands elsewhere. Austin Romine. Austin Romine really confuses me. Is he going to wait it out? Is someone going to give him money to go be a platoon catcher or a better opportunity to start more? Does Romine want that? I'm guessing he does. If someone says, hey, we want you to be our starting catcher, Romine would be a fool to say, nah, I'm good here. Um, with Higgy for cheap, I would guess the Yankees would just go with Higgy as the backup option. So they do love Romine. 
the guy. But is Romine going to have a quick free agency or a really long free agency, Jake? What do you think? Romine's got a couple things going for him. He's improved his hitting the past two years. He's really well-liked. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a quick free agency. Um, I don't know. I mean, who knows like what free agency looks like anymore? Like All these front offices have formulas and stuff. I'd, I'm assuming Romine's gone uh, because you'd like to think a team either has a young catcher or maybe a lefty hitting catcher that they're like, hey, if we... If we pair them up with Austin Romine, we've got a chance at having a solid catcher. Um, and he's kind of earned it. Um, I know <laughs> you, you you got <laughs> caught up in Twitter pretty good because the best backup catcher in, in baseball got thrown around. And you were saying, name everyone's backup catcher. Let's hear the list because you guys have no idea. You're just I, yelling that. Yeah. just um, He's the best he backup is, catcher in baseball. Name more backup catchers. Yeah, he he is he is no one good. knows. He's a solid catcher and I mean, you know, we we've got pretty deep into baseball this year with talking baseball. I mean, even a team like uh, I don't know, the Padres, like they came to mind. They've got Austin Hedges and now you've got two Austins. That seems like a no-brainer now. And Romine's um, a Cali kid even though he doesn't seem like it. Yeah, but Austin Austin Hedges like can't hit. He's really good defensively. It's kind of push come to shove time with him. Do you combine the Austins? It feels like Austin Romine's going to have better opportunities than to clearly back up Gary. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. And with Higgy behind, who's never got a shot, but whenever what I think the most telling thing is when Gary went down, Romine wasn't the starter. Him and Higgy split time. Yeah. So I think the Yankees are kind of more than ready to just say, let's see what Higgy is as a backup catcher. Um, interesting. Pro- to f- they'll, they'll bring in a veteran to compete with Higgy. Kratzy. Could be. Kratzy's getting old, man. Kratzy's getting old. Kratzy's I know he is. Been old. Been had, had old. old. Um, same time. Uh, yeah, so uh, someone will come in to compete with Higgy, but yeah, they probably want Higgy to take it, right? I would guess. And then who else is there? I mean, Didi, no idea. Uh, I think they'll offer him the qualifying offer, and I don't think Didi will take it. Didi went as the Joker for Halloween, posted a video of the Joker, which I like that Didi has fun, but that one weirded me out. Oh, that's the Joker, right? Um, So the qualifying offer last year, and I think it's the same this year, 17-2. Batances, I think they might. Batances, I think the Yankees should make an offer and say like it's going to be less than what you wanted, Dellen, but yeah. we're willing to keep you, you know, in house rehab, you know, and basically rehab year, and then we get you for a year. Uh, I'd like that. I'd like Dellen to come back because the way his season ended is fucking terrible. He, him, Randy Levine might be a jerk to him again, though. We'll see. Dellen's the one I have no read on because um, I, I just think my Yankee fandom gets in the way because I'm saying, yeah, you know, Dellen and the Yankees meet up. Let's do one year, 10 million. Dellen, go shove and then get your big contract. That's what this year was supposed to be. And there was supposed to be some like symmetry, like CeCe's leaving and that was like his big brother. Dellen Batances, I, I know I got in trouble mentioning this with Jonathan Holder and some bad teams. There's some teams whose front offices are saying, hey, know who could be our closer next year? How about Dellen Batances? 
Dylan needs to sign a two-year deal. I mean, he's coming back from a major injury. Remember how long it took Britain to recover from the Achilles injury? Well, when uh, like when when's Dylan Batanza supposed to be back? I think that he's not going to be the Dylan Batanza that he is for a whole season. How um, long did it take Britain? Britain Britain wasn't right until September of 2018. Let's see, injury torn Achilles. Just doing it on the spot. Noodle, any hints? No schedule. This article is too recent. Yeah, I'd I'd have to know more about the time frame. Um. Okay, so Zach Britton he tore his Achilles and got surgery in December, and he was right. Like he pitched in. August, but he wasn't good. And then he finally said he felt right in September. So we're just doing really rough comparison math. That would make Dellen finally like fully recovered around uh, July. So it's still not a full season. So I think Dellen's going to take whatever team offers him two years because coming off injury, you're going to want the insurance of that second year. Yeah, but it's weird because it's not, you know, if if it's an arm injury or shoulder injury, you're you're a lot more concerned about that. I mean, it is a, a bad injury, but for a pitcher, it's it's not too career threatening. I I don't know. I I think it's going to be a one year wherever he lands cuz he he'll still want to get his like one big payday. I don't know. That I and again, I I prefaced it with I have no idea. Um, you'd like to think it would make sense to come back to the Yankees, work with the training staff, you know, if you're only going to have half a season, do it somewhere where you know everything. Um, but who knows? Again, there could be a team out there that says, like, that's, how about the contract Sonny Gray got from the Reds? Like, didn't Sonny Gray get a five-year contract before this season, not yeah. knowing what Sonny Gray they were necessarily going to get? You could see a team do something like that, give Dellen four years at $8 million, which if he's healthy could end up being, like, a huge bargain. Yeah. Yeah. It's not really like Tommy John or shoulder surgery recovery where like, you know, Alvaldi, you sign him for two and one, the first one, you know, you're not getting any right. action out of him. It's a little different, but I think he's going to need two years. You think Didi's gone, right? I do. I just get the sense that he's gone. Um, but I like Didi still. So I would, if he comes back, I wouldn't be upset about it. But it, it just, I don't know, it's just kind of like a way the wind's blowing in my brain feeling. Yeah, there, there's so many moving parts to it because, all right, so you're Didi. You came back. You didn't have a great year. The power numbers were still there. Juice ball. Feels like um, Swisher in that playoffs when um, Jeter got hurt in 2012, was it? And then the fans turned on Swisher because he missed a ball that allowed Didi to stay out there. And the Yankee fans were like, for like a month, were just fucking ruthless to Swisher. And the Yankees offered the qualifying, and Swisher was like, I'll, I'll get somewhere else out there. Yankee fans are being really mean to Dellen. See his Instagram and stuff? Didi? Like, Didi. They're being really yeah. mean. Like, And I think there's like the whole fan base is just being sour right now. And yeah. he might want more money, and maybe he's like, let's try something new. It, there's there's so many weird factors. Didi, <laughs> Didi Gregorius is clearly the most valuable to the Yankees because of the short porch. Um, there's other good hitting fields, but the short porch makes Didi a better player. 
Um, he comes back midseason. He's not great. He's kind of good. Like, the power numbers are kind of crazy. It was like a 35 home run pace from a shortstop. The defense looked good. The part that's scary from both angles is the qualifying offer. 17.2 million. That's a chunk of change. But if Didi turns that down, Jim, we've seen all these teams be pretty judicious with with the qualifying offer and the first-round picks. That's why Keichel didn't get signed. That's why Kimbrell didn't get signed. So if you're D- so now if you're a team that's looking to sign Didi Gregorius and he turned down the qualifying offer, you're going to have to pay him X amount of money and give up a first-round pick? Like, that makes the hurdle that much bigger that if you're the Yankees and if they don't want to pay Didi 17.2... I mean, it gets it gets really complicated because there's I could see a world where Didi would accept the qualifying offer to come back, be a Yankee rake, and get that big payday. But again, I I don't really know, and it comes down to like, what do these guys want? Yeah, I, I have no read on Didi at all, zero. I think I I more expect Dellen to come back. Like like you said, you don't have a read on Dellen at all. I'm the opposite. I have no read on what Didi is gonna, what's going to happen with him. Like I, I just think Didi's Didi's is very clear cut in my head. He's like, yeah, let's let's run it back. I can make good money, be with the Yankees, and then get a giant payday. Uh, or it's like I'm gone. I could get three years, fifty million, do whatever. And Dellen is just, yeah, I I don't know. Yeah. All right, we have a bunch of voicemails. Uh, let's take a quick break, and then we'll throw it to some voicemails. Welcome back. All right, Jake, voicemails. I think we only have a couple because majority of them, when Luke went through them, were gameplay and playoff anger and stuff, and that's not really what we're doing. So here we go. Oh, wrong button because I'm a dumb idiot. Hey, John Boy, I got a couple questions. This is Carlos, and the first one is now with all the – analytics and drive line and stuff going on with the Yankees. Do you think that they are heavy too on the um, on the mental aspect, like getting, uh, I don't know, a team of uh, people that are uh, psychologists or something like that that can help players? Because I believe that a lot of the struggles for players like, for example, Sanchez are, are, are mental. And the second one is the approach and two strikes. Do you think that Josh or Stanton can do something on a one solo and approach a two strike different way than the rest of the pitches? All right, bye. Yeah, uh, the mental stuff, they're pretty heavy into it. I think they are kind of the one of the flagship teams on this. Like They have mental coaches in the, in the clubhouse. They have um, – what do they call them? I don't think they call them mental coaches. No. Is it psych something? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. You, but, uh, if, if you really want, dig, dig through some R2-C2 episodes because there, there's a good example of CC talking about how he has like a hype tape he watch, watches before he pitches. I think Happer might have talked about his too or something like that. I forget. Yeah, they make these like videos and stuff. So I think they're they're pretty forward with the mental stuff and they're pretty on top of that. The two strike approach. I don't know, man. I mean, you just had a team win the World Series and what was it them who Dave Martinez said like we don't want to strike out and then they only struck out three times in game seven, Jake, but it's such small sample size. Home runs still won the World Series, so it's a little bit different. 
and uh, just kind of like good at bats all around, I don't think we'll see a big difference in approach. No, and that it it was kind of cool. I almost and maybe KT's listening. I almost sent her a weird text message today that wanted to be like looking at the strikeouts through the first through five innings or something because there wasn't a lot at all, uh, especially when you think about who was really pitching. But no, it's it's about having good at bats. It's controlling the zone. It's what we heard all year. Like um, there are situations, and I think we had a sharp stats about this where. You know, there's a world where swinging through a slider is better than hitting that slider, grounding out to second, and hitting into a double play. That was Clint. Um, Clint Fraser's yeah. swing is so tight that when he misses, he misses completely, and he doesn't make bad contact. So it's almost better for Clint to swing and miss than for him to, you know, fight off a pitcher and get a piece of it. That was uh, a sharp stats in the middle of the season, yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, guys are going to strike out. Aaron Judge is going to strike out because guess what? That that approach also helps him allow allows him to hit 50-plus home runs. <laughs> um, and that's that's more important than the 180 strikeouts. Yeah. Yeah. All right, next. What up, John Boy and Jake? This is Tom Sawyer from Philly again. Uh, listen, I have been – Seeing these posts and these rumors about how they have switched back from the juice balls from the regular season and they're now just throwing regular balls in October, I don't know if there's any credence to these allegations, but I just wanted to hear uh, your take on it. There were a slight lack of home runs in Minnesota, in my opinion, um, in terms of what people were expecting, I think, but uh, I don't know. It's just kind of weird to me, but um, if there's any truth to this, I I just think that's kind of dumb. Just sort of let it ride it out the whole season, you know. But uh, that's just my take. So uh, thanks for um, having such a great show, and uh, I'll listen to you guys later. See you. Thanks, Tom Sawyer. Yeah, uh, I 100% think the balls were different in the playoffs. I also don't think it was on purpose. They 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 hire out the the place to make the regular season balls like in a batch. And then they hire out a, the place to make, you know, it's almost like two different batches of beer and they're not always going to come out exactly the same unless you are perfecting it. And like this, the playoff batch of balls came out normal and the regular season, they like said they couldn't figure it out. It's a terrible look for MLB. Like it's horrible. I don't think it was on purpose. I think, we may disagree there, but I think it's terrible. And I also like the non-juice balls so much better. I enjoyed the playoff baseball way more than the regular season baseball. I really hope that this season was a blip with the home runs and we go back to a little more normalcy. It It's just wild. I, we did this on Talking Baseball, and it was like, I think it was in the middle of the division series, and all the reports started coming out. The, the rumor was the ball was traveling four and a half feet less farther. And I was, I, I didn't believe it yet um, because A, I didn't want the MLB to be that inept that they just let different balls come into their games at random times. Um, and B, it, it was still a small sample size. And I was like, okay, the seasons are changing. We've got better pitchers on the mound. Maybe that's a factor, and it's still a small sample size. But then as you watch the games go on, it was undeniable. 
Um, I I mean, there was a couple balls in the Yankees-Houston series. I mean, the Didi ball, CeCe said, would have been in the upper deck. I don't think so, but it was definitely a home run during the regular season. I think there was one Chirinos got off Canely that looked like an absolute moonshot, and it didn't get close to getting out. And it's, uh, for me, uh, I'm, no, I'm I'm more in lockstep with you than you think on this, because... I just where I'm more passionate about it is just it's a massive disgrace. And we we had a good laugh over this. It's the name of the sport, baseball. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you don't know what product you're putting on the field. You don't know what the pitcher is picking up uh, on a game to game basis. And it's 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 a factor in deciding games and it's a factor in deciding guys career. Guess who would have pitched a lot better with the the playoff baseball, Jay Happ. Yeah. Guess who? Guess who was fucking terrible this season because the ball traveled ten feet farther every time. Jay Happ. He's a fly ball pitcher. Um, so Same with I Tanaka. don't know. If you're a team, like this is information you need to know. There there was guys that had huge home run seasons this year. Uh, a guy that, and I'm not saying this in a rude way, but if you're a casual fan, Eugenio Suarez hit 49 home runs for the Cincinnati Reds this year. Some of you may not know who he is. He's a good ball player. Is he a 49 home run ball player? I don't think so. Kettle Marte for the Diamondbacks. Um, Like, it's going to be a giant conversation piece this uh, leading up until next year because you're talking about the difference between a guy hitting 25 home runs or 15 home runs. You're talking about the difference between a pitcher having a 5-plus ERA or a 4-1 ERA. And it's it's drastic, and, like, guys need to know this. So that's I just get so disappointed that Major League Baseball doesn't know what baseball is being put on the field. Yeah, yeah, it's a big, pretty bad look from them. I, I, I don't want, like, CC said... Keep the juice balls on R2C2. I'd much rather go back to every hard contact not being a home run. Yeah, I'm there. There is the can it, like, is there a middle area? <laughs> like, like, because I don't know, man. Like, like, like your reaction when I said the Chirinos home run, like, that's got to be a home run. That was a that was a catcher hitting a ball as hard as you can hit it, and it didn't get out of the stadium. So, I don't know. I, Find me a tweener. That's I guess, probably a but... home run during the regular season with the regular ball. But I think, you know, October. But there were some home runs. The, you know what really the ones that really bothered me were the opposite field shot like bloopers that were just yeah. traveling. And you can see the outfielder play them wrong. So I, I hope they go back or dial it back a little bit because it was crazy. Yeah. Yank, this is Josh from down the shore. I'm going to try and make this even quicker. All right. So Chris Fetter is being suggested as the Yankees' new pitching coach. I think that's more likely than Pettit, Cohn, or Pedro Martinez. Um, now listen to this. The University of Michigan went to the College World Series. Their pitching was was number one in the Big Ten and 10th overall for Team ERA with a 3.46. That's pretty good. And then they only gave up seven hits per game, which is seventh in the nation. They also had three starters drafted into the MLB, and two of them went into the second round. That's pretty impressive. I think Chris Fetter is the man the Yankees should go after, even though I hate Michigan. Go Irish. Love you guys. So, okay, the Yankees announced some of the people that they were being interviewed for the pitching coach, and it makes everyone that was like, how about Pettit? 
How about CeCe just sound like kind of the dumb dumbs they are? Listen to this shit. So that guy was the Michigan pitching coach. And I remember watching Michigan in the World Series because I was making breakdowns for it. And yeah, they were built on their pitching. It was really cool. And Michigan does this thing where they kind of say, fuck, like um, AAU. They go and scout uh, in like inner cities and places where like untapped uh, talent. Just arm did like their thing is give me the arm talent, we'll make you a pitcher. Yeah, and they had it with with some of their field players too, which I, I it's funny we're having a real conversation about it now because I was gonna make a joke about let me deep dive into the Michigan pitching staff, but uh, no, it's actually really cool to watch them during the College World Series. Yeah, it was. Um, the other guy is Hobbs from Wake Forest. Listen to this shit at Wake <laughs> Forest. Hobbs had developed what he called a hardcore biomechanics lab for his pitchers. The setup included 24 cameras, 20 in an indoor facility and four in the outdoor bullpen, an indoor and outdoor track man machine, a rap soto machine and a full time bio mechanist. Uh, there's no way I said that word right to help analyze Dana data. So a, a full-time lab tech, basically, in there watching all the pitches, analyzing the data. The cameras gave 3D kinematics. I don't know. I hate science. Of everybody's delivery. Hobbs said, so it's incredibly special. These are the people the Yankees are looking at. New age, high tech, very analytical. Not, hey, Andy Pettit. <laughs> I laughed then. I'm laughing now. Um but that's crazy that that like I said to you and Joe's and Keith McPherson in the chat, like, why isn't that guy go save lives or something? Like, he's like yeah, we have a biotech lab for college pitching. Baseball, <laughs> baby. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't obviously like I'm not going to be here and be like, oh, I want the Michigan coach over the Wake Forest coach. <laughs> like, I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. That's that's where it gets funny. And I like I love the call. The call is awesome. And it, it is the topic in Yankees land right now. But I, I hate to be rude, but you don't know if the Michigan guy is the right guy for the pitching coach. Um, like there's there's a world where two years later, we probably want that dude's head on a stick because that's just how this game works. Um, it, it comes back to and our guy, Joe's McFly, has been all over this. But it, you, you got to trust the Yankees <laughs> like we Listen to some of the stuff J Jimmy just said, words that we don't know how to pronounce. Like, the Yankees have to figure this out. Um, so I, I don't know. It e Even if this does spin somehow into David Cohn were to get the position, there's going to be a guy like this behind him that's semi-puppeteering. Because um, this is just where baseball's going. I mean, the, <laughs> you know, being a pitching coach wasn't having 20 cameras set up on your skeleton before, and now it is. So I don't know. It just just kind of be there. Get excited for whoever they hire. If it is the Michigan guy or the Wake Forest guy, yeah, you're gonna find some cool stuff out about them. Um, but I, Wake we Forest don't really has know. some funny names on their roster. Just to let you guys know. Okay, give us a couple. Height Merrifield. H A I G H T. H-I-T-E. Oh, no. Yeah. Height, height like kite. DJ Poteet. Patrick okay. Frick. That's fun. Frick's a tough last name. Uh, and then there was another one that was kind of Bruce Steele. So a guy can go into porn if he wants. Into that. Yeah. 
I was trying to just, like look at their stats, but then I was like, I don't care. So are you? Because uh, I, I maybe I misread this because I saw your text when you heard about the Wake Forest scientist guy. You're okay if they hire that guy. You're just still kind of blown away that like this is what where we're at. Junior right-handed pitcher Reese D. Reese D. Uh, I don't care who they hire. Okay. I mean, what do I know? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Am I gonna come here and tell you Hobbs from Wake Forest? That guy's not the right pick. Like, what yeah. do I? They're doing our interviews of guys who have science labs. I don't fucking know. Can we? Can we talk about something privately right now on our podcast? Oh my god, dude! Right-handed pitcher Morgan McSweeney. If you had to name a kid Reese, well, this is this wasn't my conversation, but how would you spell Reese? So Wake Forest has two Reeses on their roster, both right-handed pitchers, and they spell it two different ways. You have one that's R H Y S, right? R H Y S E. That's Reese D. No, that okay. You're out. Yeah, you can't spell it like that. The other is R-E-E-S-E, which I think is how I would spell it. Yeah, I kind of like that. I kind of like that. Um, have you seen our guy, Jack Curry, tweeting all the David Cohn stuff? No, what's he saying? Man, it was... Michael Ween, dude. This guy's last name is Ween, and is he kind of <laughs> looks like a wiener. What's up with Wake Forest? They just drafting funny-named kids? That's tough. That's tough. That's their recruiting thing. Michigan went inner city. Wake Forest went weird kids. Um, dude, go check out Jack Curry's Twitter because so when when Rothschild first left, I mentioned this the other day, um, Jack Curry threw a tweet out there that I was like, oh, maybe this is a feeler. Um, but he did preface it and he was like, I just wrote a book with this guy. But dude, he went on like a three tweet rant today that was like, if David Cohn was the pitching coach, he would do <laughs> and did like three tweets on it. It was like, OK, is like is Coney giving you a little poke the bear, like get the word out there more or what's happening? Um, or is it just kind of informative slash a little bit of publicity for the book at the same time? Uh, okay. I think that I think like I follow Jack, like Jack, very kind to us. I would think Jack. Jack. Yeah, he's really nice. And we can maybe ask him if we have him on the show. I think what Jack's doing is saying, Hey, I have a very good connection with this guy. He may be up for this job. People are very interested probably talked to Coney and said, what, what, what would you implement? And then shared that information like a reporter. I'll read you the tweets. I haven't read these, so this will be my first time reading them. As a pitching coach, David Cohn would stress pitching to your strengths, not a batter's weaknesses. He'd treat, and that's kind of that bully mentality that we want on the mound, that, uh, that, uh, that I got one sentence in and I'm already giving my thoughts, that uh, pitching with... Um, Fucking, what do I always say about Paxton? Uh, downhill, confident. Yeah, with there's, a, another word. there's another word that Paxton used to use, like throwing with expiction. Conviction. Conviction. That's kind of what it is. He'd treat, every in, he'd treat everyone individually because he hates cloning of pitchers. Yeah, in the book they talk about that. He'd remind them to be reporters on mound and read Swing's reactions. He'd cite... Value of well-placed walk. Um, he'd emphasize the importance of pitcher-catcher relationship and dancing together. He'd suggest tossing different pitches on both sides to confuse batters. 
he'd reinforce that the best pitch is the one that's thrown with conviction. There's that word. Even more, he'd want his pitchers to challenge themselves, trust their instincts, and be mentally tough. And part of that toughness is rebounding from failure. He'd tell them less is more regarding control versus velocity, and he'd implore them to embrace being king of the hill. Like, how many tweets is that? In my second cone tweet, I meant to say (laughs) different pitches that move in different directions on both sides of the plate. It creates crisscrossing. So, okay, I'm officially in. Here's (laughs) Jack Curry. You've won me over. Oh, wow. Two pitching coaches, cone and one of these college nerds, mix and match. Coney's got the professional mentality of it, giving them the daily grind. You're your own worst enemy. You're your biggest supporter. Don't fucking worry about what that guy hits or what he doesn't hit. Worry about what you throw and what you don't throw. And then and then in the corner, you got Hobbs at his biotech lab, like, <laughs> slider. <laughs> like the annexation of Puerto Rico in Little Giants. You got the computer on the sidelines doing the data. How many, how many minor league pitching coaches are like, are you fucking kidding me? Well, I've spent the last 10 years to become the double A pitching coach, and now these analytic college geeks are getting the looks. Well, I think what it is is in, in, these college guys, they're king of the hill, they build the system. When right. if you're a double A pitching coach, you're, you're just following the system. You're following a system. But that's what I'm saying. Like those those guys were probably on a path like, all right, I'll go high A to single A to double A. Now those guys are probably like, hey, where can I get a college job so I can set well, up my own shit? The head of the pitching department just left the Yankees to go be the pitching coach at Georgia Tech. So I think co- being a college pitching coach is kind of the second rung now. And, dude, we did this whole thing middle of the year where we thought it was funny that college coaches don't get MLB, like college ma- managers don't get MLB manager positions. So the the MLB, all sports world is changing due to analytics. Hot take, Jake. Quit it with the hot takes. Oh, my God. That take was so hot, we're going to take a little break. Who are some of the best TV characters of all time? Janice. The best... No. Um, the, na- the nanny. Norm from Cheers. Don't talk about the nanny. <laughs> I almost killed Jimmy with an episode of the nanny one night. Yeah, I watched it as a little. We can't do it. I can't. Yeah, we can't do this right now. What'd you just see? Katie in her costume. She doesn't know about your costume yet. Fucking shy, shy boyfriend in the corner of the bar. Guy making a push for God. <laughs> Keep God out of California. <laughs> or you just go you just go Yankee jersey and hat and like nothing else and say, I'm Aaron Judge. Yeah. Now nah, you can't do that because then you're like such a douche. Yeah, we'll get there. God. Hey guys, it's the Tom Father. So happy you're back on the air. Uh missed uh, I've missed Yankee baseball and it's good to have something to talk about. Um, I know you guys are uh, going to be doing episodes throughout the off season. I'm wondering for next season, is there any collab collaboration with you guys and the R2C2 guys? You Ryan Rucco, CC Sabathia doing a little collab pod. 
I don't know. I think that'd be a cool thing, and I uh, would love to hear it. Let me know. Oops, What's up, Gumbo and Jake? Around. I was wondering um, for the future. It's probably November when you listen to this, but is there any chance that you guys are going to cross, like, do a cross podcast with, like, some just big Yankee podcast, like either RTC2 or, like, Barstool? Um, let me know what you think. Have a good one, man. Some big Yankee podcast. We're the big Yankee podcast, you butthead. Ooh, anyway. Thanks for calling. Yo, I've been on a big butthead kick. Yeah. I, been, I dropped it sarcastically somewhere. And uh, Katie can attest to this. I've just been, it's just been my number one, like, you butthead. You're on a big butthead kick. Okay. Good yeah. to know. Yeah. Just note it down if I say it. Yeah. It's like, Coming remember, two, 2018, I got on like a huge boom roasted kick for like two weeks. Sure. Yeah, so I'm on a big butthead kick. Anyway, R2C2 would be really cool, but they have like yeah. big time guests. <laughs> like yeah. if you if you don't know who Jake and I are, then you're like, all right, who's the guest on R2C2 R2C2 today? Is it an ex player? Is it uh a rapper? Is it an actor? Is it a basketball player? Oh, it's two other guys who have a pot. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. If if they have us on, that'd be very very kind of them. <laughs> yeah, may, maybe a, a very Yankee centric episode at one point. And Ruko's been nothing but cool to us, and Cece in a very small dosage has been cool. But yeah, we'll 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 link up in some fashion at some point. No promises. And dude, I've been I've been laughing pretty hard lately because the uh, what's the the name of the host of the Hot Ones? Sean Evans. Sean Evans, he's he's a John Boy fan, and I the comments were killing me. Like, I have John Boy and Jake on, and it's like, yeah, maybe after the Paul Rudd episode, we'll sneak in John Boy and Jake. Yeah, this is what the people will want. He lives in the city, dude. So I think, like, if he's a baseball fan, I think we we could probably get him on talking baseball or something. Yeah, that that would be cool. And uh, the other reason I'm deflecting is it's because I'd be the worst guest on that show's history. So, yeah, you can't eat hot food. No, no, it's like pathetic. That would be fun just to do it with you. It'd be torture because I do. I am pretty good at torturing myself. Um, so you'd be you'd be shirt off, arms flailing, sweating real quick. You know what would happen. On wing five or six. If you haven't watched Hot Ones, pretty entertaining. They eat hot wings, and it's like really big-time celebrities. Uh, and it's kind of torture to a degree. You know what would happen, Jim. It'd be the igloo. Yeah, you just bounce. It'd be fun for the fourth wing. Then I'd bite into that fifth wing, and like, not happy Jake would come out. And it'd be like, oh. Yeah. Um, if anyone doesn't know the igloo story. Yeah. Jake and I in college. Jake and I in college spent a snow day building an igloo in our front house, and it was pretty cool. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. I haven't told yeah. this in a while. It's a pretty cool igloo, and we were like, "Dude, let's hang out in this igloo, drink some beers, like get some Chinese food, chill in the igloo, have some people over, hang out in the igloo with us." As soon as we hollered it out and set up, Jake farted so bad that yeah. he basically hotboxed the igloo. We were gagging, we left, and we never went back inside the igloo because it was just trapped. Yeah, tried to go in like was, an hour later, and it was still Jake's fart in there. It was fucking that terrible. It sucked. It wasn't. It wasn't as big as I would have liked the igloo to be. I got cold, and it got really smelly. <laughs> Anyways, it's it's done. See you on hot ones. Thanks, Sean Evans. Uh, that is. Uh, we have one more question. 
Well, if I can hit it. Oh, hello, this is the Machado Kid. You interviewed me a little bit back in February. I was wondering if I could get back in contact again with you guys. Thanks. Bye. Is that really the Machado Kid? I think so. That's That just lit up my whole face. Yeah, I know. It sucks that the answer is no, dude. We're not interested. Yeah. Come on, Machado Kid. I think he didn't realize he was leaving a voicemail for a show. I think he just thought he was just calling us. I mean, tough to say. Still a kid. But, uh, yeah, that was spring training, right? Yeah, spring training. When he was like, God, we don't want him. We don't need him, Machado. Get out of here. He was right. (laughs) Oh, I love that kid. Dude, that kid can talk. Remember he said, like, if you were rich, what would you do? And he's like, I'd buy a big house. And we're like, smart smart answer. Dude, he started talking football, and he was, like, getting too deep into the X's and O's for me. He was like, all right, kid, I got got a mouse to feed over here. That kid's you when you were his age, but smart. Yeah, if I had a brain. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know how to get back in touch with him. We'll figure it out. Luke just labeled that Machado kid interview, so I thought it was going to be someone asking about that. So, cool. like, All right, yeah. yeah. Let's glad he's, glad he's tuning in. Let's listen to it again. Oh, hello, this is the Machado kid. You interviewed me a little bit back in February. I was wondering if I could get back in contact again with you guys. Thanks. Bye. Hell yeah. Hell yes. Best voicemail we got in a long time. Thanks, kid. I'll figure out how to get in touch with you. All right, Jake. I think that ends the show. Are you... Do you have anything else to say? I don't think so. Um... Maybe recording Monday, Tuesday, we'll do some superlative stuff. Maybe a fun way to to look back at some of the players, so we're not just going like Glaber Torres B plus. Um, we'll we'll figure out a, a fun twist for for some of the guys. Maybe we give everyone a superlative in a in something. I don't know. Tweet tweet at us. Give us some whatever you want, people. I I found a website on the post game show for just Patreons only after last episode that had a bunch of superlatives for high school superlatives, like not, not sports related. And I had a blast. So we have some good ones. We have some good ones and that's what you guys are missing out. If you don't have the post game show, but we're out. Thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, We will talk to you again on Monday night, Tuesday morning. See ya. Go Yanks. Tell them grams. Go Yankees.